Well, I'm so glad that you guys are joining us again online, or perhaps this is your first time to be with us. Thank you for joining us. And my name is Kenny Dean, and I love that song, that there is always something to be thankful for. And God is always good, even if the things around us, our environment, the things that are happening to us aren't that good. There's always something to be thankful for because he's good. And that's what this series has been about. If you haven't been here and haven't joined us, let me kind of bring you up to speed because we don't want you to feel left out at all. Uh, The series is actually entitled Getting Through What You're Going Through. And the bottom line for the entire series, all three weeks have been this, believing what is true is what will get you through. Believing what's true is what will get you through through whatever you're going through. Uh, This week, I was actually reading in my quiet time, and I was looking at a word that we have heard over and over and over these past several weeks with the COVID virus, and it's the word uncertainty. And as I was staring at this word uncertainty, I was actually praying for our church and our church family because I know so many of us are going through uncertain times. And in my prayer time looking at it, there was part of this word that jumped out at me, and it's the word in the very center of the word, certain. That in the midst of our uncertainty, there are things that we can be certain about. And again, that's what this series is about. What can we know is true? What can we know for certain about God, about his plan for our life, about how he sees us? How does he feel about us? In our uncertainty, we can be certain that he is active. Because I don't know about you, When adversity hits, I am tempted to believe that he is absent or that he's angry. And nothing can be further from the truth. And I hope that's what you've learned in this series. And again, we're going to wrap it up today. And I'll kind of bring you up to speed if you haven't been here. The very first week, what we want to be certain of in our uncertainty and that what we can know is true, that is this, that God loves you. Again, when when bad times hit, when uncertainty hits, We want to think he's angry at us. But what we learn through the story of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha is that God loves you. What we talked about last week, and Marshall Peterson did an amazing job with this, the next truth that we can be certain of in uncertainty is that God is with you. He told the story of, anybody remember the nickname of who he talked about? Just throw it in the chat room if you remember this. It was a great nickname for the Old Testament character, Japhat. Maybe some of you got that correct. Japhat. And I love what Japhat said when he was surrounded by the enemies. It's such a great line, not just for you as an adult, but for you to teach your kids. When we don't know what to do, we will put our eyes on you. When we don't know what to do, we will set our eyes on you because we believe that God is with us. Today, we're going to wrap up our series, and here's the truth that we want to know, and that's this. God can use it. What is it? The pain. Whatever you're going through, God can use it. And I believe he wants to use what you're going through. He has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. When you know there is a purpose behind the pain, you really can persevere longer Um, I think a great example of this, because Mother's Day is coming up soon. Uh, Shout out to all you moms early. Um, But for those of you who have given birth, all the moms, then you know there is pain in childbirth. Can I get an amen in the chat window? There's pain. 
Now, here's the question. You endure the pain because there's a purpose. How many of you would endure that pain without an epidural if there was no child at the end of the day? Just to go through the pain, would you do it? No, you wouldn't do it. But when you know there's a purpose behind the pain, you can persevere with hope. God can use your pain. He has a purpose with what you're going through. Some of you are going through pain right now emotionally, physically, relationally, spiritually, uh, in your marriage, with a friend, perhaps in your career, perhaps financially. And what I want to do today, and it's going to sound so strange, is to give us a different perspective of how to look at our pain. And we're going to talk about someone in Scripture who just chose to see pain in a completely different way than the world sees pain. Now, I want to tell you about this guy real fast. As a matter of fact, if you didn't grow up in church or you're not a religious person, and there's something about you that you may argue against that God is good when pain occurs. Uh, God is not loving because he allows pain to occur in our lives. Um, I want to give you a different perspective on behalf of this guy who wrote most all of the New Testament. His name was Paul. As a matter of fact, he hated Christians. So if you're not a church member or church goer or church attender and you're like, I hate Christians, you have something in common with this guy by the name of Paul. He hated Christians so much that he would actually help murder Christians because his goal was to stamp out this thing, this movement, this way called Christianity until he met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, his perspective about all of life changed, especially when it came to pain. So I'm going to use a lot of scripture today. So at the end of our time, if you chat in the window, hey, this is a lot of scripture. I'm telling you up front, it's a lot of scripture. So you don't have to chat about it in the window. But it's going to be really good because I think one of these points will hit you with whatever pain you're going through. And I believe Paul, what he's been through, will help us get through what we're going through. Let me share with you five things that Paul shares with us about how God wants to use pain in our lives. Here's the very first thing of how God wants to use pain in our life, to draw us closer to himself. Not that he wants us to draw us closer to the answer, because that's what we want. God, tell me why. Tell me how to get out of the pain I'm experiencing. But God wants to use our pain to draw us closer to himself. We actually find this over and over in Paul's life. As a matter of fact, I love what Paul wrote with these words. He said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. We were crushed and overwhelmed and feared we would never live through it. He's talking about just these painful circumstances of life he was in. We felt we were doomed to die. Can you all say that together wherever you are? Just say it out loud with me. Doomed to die. That's how bad it was. And we saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good. We say, no, 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 no. Doomed to die is never good. I mean, doomed to die is good if that's a video game. Hey, I placed first on doomed to die. But doomed to die in reality is never good. This is a perspective change. Because how did Paul see this circumstance as good? 
finish reading. Here's exactly what he said. We were crushed and overwhelmed and feared we would never live through it. We felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help, ourse- to help ourselves. But that was good. Why, Paul? Why would you think that it's good? For then we learned. What did you learn, Paul? We learned to put everything into God's hands. Who alone could save us? For he can even raise the dead. God has a way of using our pain so that we learn to put our pain in his hands. If that's been you and that's your testimony, just chat it out. I've learned that. I've learned that. I've learned to place everything in his hands. And Paul goes on, and here's what he says. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Pain reveals. Pain reveals where your hope truly lies. Does your hope lie on yourself? Does your hope lie in your bank account? Does your hope lie on someone else? Pain will reveal where your hope truly lies. And here's what Paul said. I have learned in painful situations my hope truly is in him. And he knows how to use pain to draw me to himself. The second way God uses pain in our life to make us more like Jesus. God knows how to take pain in our life that comes our way, the times of uncertainty, to make us more like Jesus. Let me read a very familiar verse, and here's what Paul said in experience of his own life in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know that in all things, God works for the, here's our word, good of those who love him. And he appointed them to be saved in keeping with his purpose. Now, let me explain a few things about this verse. It says, we know. We don't hope so. We don't guess. We kind of think. No, 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 no. We know. Remember, it's what you believe is true that's going to get you through. Paul's going, I'm changing my perspective. I have a belief, and here's what I know. In all things, not outside of all things, but in all things, the good things, the hard things, the sinful things, the things that I didn't want to be a part of my life, but they are part of my life. God works for the good of those who, this isn't for everyone, for those who love him. That this is a promise from God. For those who love him, God will use painful situations to bring good. What is the good? Well, here's what it's been said, that you can't read verse 28 of Romans 8 without reading verse 29. Verse 28 tells you the good of verse 29. Here's what verse 29 says. Because God planned that those he had chosen would become like his son. If God put his son through painful circumstances... He's going to put you through circumstances that you don't want and that are painful for you. Why? Because he wants you to become like his son. Now, I love how Paul actually fleshes this out in another passage talking about what painful circumstances and situations can actually do in you, not just around you. And though you want to pray, God, just release me. God, just tell me why I'm doing it so I can learn it and get out of it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God wants to do something in you and bring good from this. 
And so here's what the Bible also says, Romans 8, 29, in 2 Corinthians 7, 11, here's what Paul said. Now, isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God? I love that. Because we would go, no, 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 distress is not wonderful. Paul says different perspective. God uses pain and distress. You're more alive. You're more concerned. You're more sensitive. You're more reverent. You're more human. You're more passionate. You're more responsible. Look at it from any angle. You've come out of this with purity of heart. You see, God knows how to use pain to help you become more like Christ. And the end result, you're more alive. You're not just a dead man walking around. You're not just a dead woman walking around just doing life. You feel life. This is how God can use pain. Another way God uses pain in all of our lives, to serve others with sensitivity. This is probably the highest level of how God wants to use your pain, that you become sensitive to others who are going through a really, really tough time in their own life. As a matter of fact, I love this verse. Here's what Paul said, and here's what he learned in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. God comforts us in all. There it is again. In all our troubles, why would he do that? Whenever you see in scripture the two words, so that, it means purpose. Why would God comfort us in all of our troubles? Here's the purpose. So we can comfort others. Then, when others are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You can be sure. Again, what we know is true what will get us through. You can be sure. That the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. How does God want to use pain? He comforts you so you can comfort others. So when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your good. There's our word again. It's for your good and salvation. For when God comforts us, it is so that we, here's the purpose, can be an encouragement to you then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. There's the word endure. When you know there's purpose behind your pain, you can endure a lot of pain. In this context, Paul is saying the purpose behind your pain is so that God comforts you and then you turn around and comfort others. I have a word for, for these type of individuals. Here's the word I use, description. They're wounded healers. God has healed them in a painful moment and situation they've gone through. And now they turn around to become a wounded healer for someone else. You know, as I was thinking about uh, a testimony of, that someone could use, because we literally, we have so many people in our church family and that I know of over the years who they are amazing wounded healers. But I thought of the greatest person in this area in my life watching this individual grow up watching what this individual went through it's my mom and so this week I asked my mom would you get on zoom with me and she said what's that so this is her first time on zoom and I simply wanted to talk with her about one of the most painful moments in her life of when her husband and my dad passed away and what God taught her through pain. Watch this. This is your first time on Zoom. I don't know what Zoom is. <laughs> it sounds real good. 
I can't work anything. <laughs> well, no, it's perfect. Yeah, this is perfect. Before, you know. Happy early Mother's Day, by the way. Thank you. So, um, well, uh, today, as you know, um, I'm talking about in my message about how God uses pain in your life. And I know that for our family, one of the most painful moments that we experienced was when dad passed away. And, um, and so, um, uh, rem how long were, I know he was 48, but how long were you guys married at that time? Uh, 28 years. Yeah, 28. And, uh, of course my older brother, Carrie is five years older and my younger brother, Kevin, eight years younger. So we were just a very, very tight, tight family. And the way I always like to say it is, and we were on God's team. <laughs> you know, you were a principal at a Christian school. I was uh, going into ministry, in ministry, actually. Carrie was serving at a church, and uh, so we were on God's team, but uh, Dad got sick on a Christmas Eve, and two months later, went to go be with Jesus, so it kind of rocked our family, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I would love for you, and thank you for coming on and just talking with us, because so many people are going through a lot of pain right now, not only with the virus, but just in the seasons of life. And I think that you have a lot that you could share with us. And so uh, during that time, um, I'm just curious, did you ever, you know, doubt God's goodness to you and our family? I can truly say I never, never doubted God's goodness in my pain. But I know all of us has asked questions. Why? And that is not doubting God's goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, my question was, why at such an early age was Ricky taken from us? We loved each other. We served the Lord. And, and uh, how can you bring glory from so much pain? And my why questions was the beginning of faith and discovering the realness of the goodness of God. So instead of why, 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 I said how, who, who, fixing my eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, and discovering who he was, really, and what he did for me on the cross. He died for me. He took my sin, gave me eternal life. How can I not doubt the goodness of my God in any pain? Yeah, yeah. And so balancing the reality that God is good, yeah. but you're still in pain. Right. And the pain lasting for so long, how did you balance that reality? Because it is a reality. It is. I think for me, I had to embrace the sovereignty mm. of my God and realize through the truth that he is always with me. He is in control of my life. I could believe in the goodness of God. Mm. You know, life's hard. You see the bump, bumper sticker, uh, life is good. No, life is hard. God is good. Yeah, that's right. It's hard. But I know change can come in three seconds in your life, but I have to believe that every trial and pain goes through the hand of my God, that he's in complete control and he will fulfill his purpose in my life. 
He is behind all things. He's God. I'm God. I love Isaiah 46, 9. It says, I am God and I will accomplish my purpose. Ephesians 1, 11, he works all things through his will. Verse after verse, I began reading. And verse, I grew in confidence of who my God was. And in him alone, I could trust. Mm. And then I could believe all things work together for good. Yeah. To then that love God and call to his purpose. I'll say this. You take away, take away from believing God is sovereign and in control, I will have little hope mm. in the goodness of God in my pain. You, you actually quoted one of the verses that I'm using in the message, Romans 8, 28, that you, he really can. It doesn't mean that all situations are good because they're not. But what he promises, he can bring good out of any and all situations. What good did God bring out of you losing your husband and us losing our dad? You know, when I think of pain, comes in our lives we can hardly think of anything good from it but god brings good he makes sure of it he's responsible for that when uh your uh, when my husband died at 48 i grieved for him but i also grieved as a mom yeah. for my three boys and the pain they had so what good did god bring I'll tell you, to see my three boys in 26 years grow in the knowledge of God, bearing fruit in every good work, and walking worthy of the Lord. I see you as a godly husband, godly father. So if you ask me, was that pain worth it? Yes. Yes, it was, and I would not rewrite my story because a moment of pain and a journey of what I could see in front of my eyes, the God's goodness and what he did in the life of my boys. I think a verse that comes to my mind that helps me describe how I feel right now is Second Samuel seven eighteen. Who am I, O sovereign God? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? Mm. That is the goodness of God. Mm. Let me mention one other thing that I think God taught me in pain. I began to um, on a journey. I really wanted to know who my God was, everything about him. So I began studying and searching the word of God. And that's still my passion, even this morning. But God desires for us, and when we're in our pain, to seek him, to find him, to know him, so that he can bring you into his likeness. God's not so much interested in our comfort and our happiness. 
but in becoming like him. That's his purpose in every pain. Uh, I know that you have not read my sermon for. Uh oh. Okay. I haven't. <laughs> you, you just listed my first two or three points, I think. So, <laughs> which is, I love the confirmation. I sure. love that that you basically just preached my first two points. So, only God, and and I, I do think I do think when something like that happens, that God is really speaking to someone, and someone watching this. And so, what would you say? to someone who is watching this right now from around the world. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's just us. Um, who is going through a, a painful time right now? What truths would you pass along to them? The first truth would be God does not allow anything in your life that does not come through his fingers first. Mm. And you can trust that he will never leave or forsake you. My older son once said, because God don't forsake. He can't. So when you're in pain, don't run from him. Run to him. He's our refuge. God's word is powerful. It's full of life. And it will bring you the comfort and peace you're looking for. Next, I would say help someone else in their pain. Maybe it's something you've been through. Don't waste your grief. God answers prayer. Maybe not the way you have chosen him to, but he'll bring that darkness and change your heart. And you begin to learn to depend on him and trust him. Next, God is faithful. Oh, is he faithful? And he's true to every promise. You know, on my journey 26 years ago, I started a journal. I call it my promise book. And I write down promises that God gives me personally. I have your names by some of them and my name by some. But the first one he gave me when, when Ricky died that day was Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not look anxiously around you, for I am your God. Surely I will help you. Surely I will strengthen you. Surely I will hold you in my right hand. And he did, and he does today. And in pain, you will see what God's grace is all about abundantly given to us every day and you find strength not to give up i call that enduring grace god give me enduring grace today and last i have learned to worship and praise my god in pain not for it but in it so that i can have expressible joy it's unexplainable what joy you have in praising and worshiping him and then faith comes alive in you by the holy spirit the um it's so i'm telling you how god works is so amazing um late last night i was just up reading the word and the verse that god gave me was isaiah 41 <laughs> 9 and 10 
And so it's just ironic. It's just only God, only God, only God. Just a, only God. And so, Mom, thank you. The Bible says, may your kids rise and call you blessed. I bless you. Thank you. We have been, we have been blessed. Yes, we have. God is good. All the time. I love you. Happy, happy early Mother's Day. Thank you. See, isn't it encouraging to hear from someone who's been there, a wounded healer? Perhaps, perhaps your most painful moment in life is actually the painful moment that God wants to use for your greatest ministry. Or perhaps he wants to use that painful moment of your life to tell others just how good he really is. And that's actually the next point that Paul brings up as to how God uses pain in your life. Four, to spread the good news that God wants you to use the painful moments of your life that he has comforted you with, given you a testimony about, to spread the good news about him. As a matter of fact, here's how Paul said it, and this is what he actually went through in life. I've been put in jail more often. I've been whipped times without number. I have faced death again and again and again. Five times I was whipped with lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned with stones. And I like that he said, I was stoned with stones. So, you know, you're not thinking it was like a recreational drug, you know, stoned with. But it's stoned with stones, like rocks is what he's talking about. Three times I was shipwrecked. Oh, and it goes on. Here's what he also said. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I faced dangers my entire life from flooded rivers, from robbers, from angry mobs. I face dangers in the city and in the desert and on stormy seas and from people who claim to be Christians but are not. Don't you love those individuals? I've lived with weariness. I've lived with pain and I've lived with sleepless nights. I've often been hungry and thirsty. I've often gone without food. I've often shivered with cold with not enough clothing to keep me warm. And I love this. And besides all of that, I've had the daily burden of all the churches that I've started, all those church people, right? I mean, this guy has been through what we collectively will never go through. But what is his attitude with all of those circumstances he could not seem to get through at times? This was his attitude and perspective. We're pressed on every side by trouble, but we're not crushed. We're not broken. We're perplexed, but we're not going to give up at any, any point and quit. We're often confused about life. Some encouragement for all of us right now. But we don't give up even when we don't know the answers. Christianity is not about having the answers. It's about following him when you even don't have the answers. We're hunted down, but we're never abandoned. God never abandons us. Why would you take that perspective, Paul? Here's why. We get knocked down, but we get back up again and again and keep going. These bodies of ours are constantly shared in the death of Jesus so that there's the purpose of pain, so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. Maybe you're going through what you're going through, not for you, 
but so that when others watch you, there's something about how you live during these days that they're attracted to the God you serve. People are not attracted to our strengths. They're attracted to our vulnerabilities when we share where we've fallen, where we've struggled, where we are struggling in life. And yet we can still talk about the goodness of God. I honestly don't believe that we will know any day soon how God has used this virus worldwide to bring people closer to him. And so that the name of Jesus will just go further and wider than we could ever imagine before. You know, I, I just share with you real fast. Because of you, because you're faithful in your giving, you're faithful in your generosity, because you faithfully serve at attack poverty, because you faithfully hit hope, if you were here last week, you know what that means, to your neighbors and your friends, because you are a part of in this moment of not self-preservation, but getting the name of Jesus out any possible way that you can. God is using you in ways you, I could never have imagined before. Last year at Easter, we had just over 2,700 people at Easter on both campuses. Our Easter, because we were forced to go online, reached over 15,000 people in 29 countries. Can I tell you the countries that have heard about the name of Jesus through the bridge that God has used our pain and our difficult circumstances so that they would hear about Jesus on Easter? Just listen to this, United Kingdom, Mexico, Canada, Qatar, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, South Korea, South Africa, China, Argentina, Australia, Peru, Romania, Bangladesh, Russia, Bulgaria, Jordan, Japan, Brazil, Uganda, Indonesia, Ghana, Egypt, Iraq, Colombia, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Philippines. God knows how to use uncomfortable circumstances, painful circumstances, so that others would know him. And I think he does that because of the last point of how and why God wants to use pain in our life. The fifth and final point that Paul makes to us today is this, to prepare us for eternity. Here's what Paul said. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us. They're doing something for us. There's a good to our light and momentary troubles. What is it? They are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So... We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is just temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What if what you're going through, God is actually trying to do something in you so that you would be ready to see him? And whether you live five days, five years, 50 years from now, God knows and God's desire is that you are prepared to be with him for all of eternity. Therefore, your light and momentary troubles of life, 
they're doing something greater for you and in you. You see, it's a different perspective. We want to hurry up and get through what we're going through. Many times God wants to do something in what we're going through, in us, for us. And there is a perspective when you read scripture that the biblical heroes of our faith had that I believe God may want us to adopt now. And that's this. God didn't do this to me. God did this for me. Now, maybe he wasn't the author of it, but he can use it for you and your good. And maybe today you're going through something and the reason you're even watching this is because what he really wants for you is to know him personally. And maybe you want to join the others who have given their life to him. And if that's you, I want you to pray with me. Just right where you are, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And in your heart, would you say to him, God, I need you in my pain. You know what I'm going through. And I cannot do this without you. But I want to know you. So the best way I know how, I give my life to you. I surrender everything to you. And I trust you. I invite the Holy Spirit into my life. I admit my shortcomings. And I believe that you died for my sin and came back to life for me. So the best way I know how, I say yes to you. I trust you with my future. I surrender my present. And I give you my past. Thank you for rescuing me today and making me your child. In your name I pray, amen.